I'd like to thank KTMS 990 and Montecito Bank and Trust for making Scam Squad possible. I'm Patty Teal. And I'm Deputy District Attorney Vicki Johnson. Scam Squad is up next. Sound off. One, two. Sound off. Three, four. One, two, three, four. Scam Squad. Welcome to Scam Squad. I'm Patty Teal here with Deputy District Attorney Vicki Johnson and our guest and partner from Montecito Bank and Trust. Vicki, would you introduce her? We are so happy to have back with us today, Sean Dyer, Senior Fraud Specialist with Montecito Bank and Trust. And she just gave us a preview of some of the things she's going to talk about today. So pay attention, folks, because all of these are really timely and really important. Welcome, Sean. Thank you for being here. Well, thank you for having me back and Happy New Year. We have fraud just as busy as always, and we have some that usually happen around the beginning of the year. I'm going to start with one of the old ones that's just coming back around, and we refer to it as a PayPal imposter scam. It could be Amazon, PayPal, any number of eBay, whatever, but it's an imposter thing that they are PayPal. And whether they email you or text you, it is a scam stating that you have a charge on your PayPal or whatever type of an account for a large dollar amount and click here or call us at this number to review it. And it's a scam. And the people on the other end try to convince you that they will credit back your account and then it turns into the overpayment where, oh, they credited you too much and now you have to go buy gift cards. And in this case, it was the gift cards. At that point, then the customer realizes this doesn't quite make sense, but they've already provided the gift card numbers. So if you receive a text or an email from any of those, make sure, do you even have PayPal? Do you even use eBay? If you don't, it's clearly a scam. Someone's just fishing for your information. But if you do use those services, don't reply to the email or the text that you received. Go back to your account, how you normally log in and check the activity in there and or call the numbers through the official site that you use. Don't reply to the email or the text or click on the link. Yeah, it seems like maybe people are getting wise to gift cards. Not so much. No, that's too bad. And on a side note of gift cards, because of the holidays, I was out buying a bunch of gift cards for a family gift card swap that we do at the holidays. And I was at CVS buying a large quantity of them. And I'm asking the gal who's checking me out, you know, well, what happens? Because as you go through gift cards, their machine that you swipe your card puts a prompt up there for you to read, this may be a scam, make sure you're okay, but you know, something to that effect. Mm -hmm. And so I asked her, does anybody actually read this or ask you about it? And she said, no, they never do. And they just move right on. The stores are trying to do their part, but it really isn't doing much. That is too bad because we put that burden on the stores and they are cooperating. Uh, Most of the time when I deal with scam victims, I always say, well, when you went to the bank or when you went to CVS, did anybody try and talk to you? Oh, yes. But I ignored them because I had Mm -hmm. the scammer in my ear telling me another story. Our next one is what we refer to as an online loan scam. And at the beginning of the year, after holidays, lots of people are short on cash, they need money, and they're searching, and they search online. And you can literally Google fast cash, and you'll get all sorts of hits of different places that some are valid, but obviously some are not. The scam that they do is they have you apply online 
and they tell you, okay, you're qualified for $500. We're going to deposit funds into your checking account. So one, you need to provide them with your online banking credentials and account number so they can go in and make a fraudulent deposit to your checking account. They are using a check, but it's a counterfeit check, so it comes back. But while they have done that, then they phrase it, in order for us to make sure you're trustworthy and we'll be able to repay the loan, we want you to go get a gift card and give us the number on the back because that'll show us that we can trust that you will do what you're going to say and we'll then be able to give you the loan. So, of course, customer gets the gift card, gives out the code, fraudster gets the money. Two days later, the bogus check that the fraudsters went through online banking to do a mobile deposit on our customer's behalf, that check comes back. So our customer really never sees the check. They just know that money is going in their account because they're not really paying attention that the fraudsters are depositing a counterfeit check from some third party. So it's kind of complicated, but the customer ends up thinking they've had $500 put in their account that they're supposed to go purchase a gift card give the code to the fraudsters, that money the fraudsters get from the card, and then the bad check is returned and debited from our customer's account. So now they're out the $500 from the deposit because they went and bought gift cards and gave the code to the fraudster. And it's all because they needed money and now they need more. And they probably have to pay a bounce check charge too on top of it. A return item fee. Yeah, a return item fee. You know, these scams are becoming more and more complicated. I mean, it feels like there's so many steps that they go through. First of all, they get all of your personal information and your bank. Yes. So usually that would be the beginning and end, right? You know, they've got your personal information. They're going to let you go. But oh, no, now they're going to get a gift card from you. It's unbelievable. Yeah. If you are giving all that information, you've got to close your checking account because they've got your account number. and You've got to change your online banking credentials. You've most likely provided your date of birth, social security number, all these things, your personal identifiable information because you're applying for a loan. So now it's identity theft and it's a lot for that customer. And these are people that, I mean, they are in need more than most people because they're just trying to get by. It's just sad. It's really sad. They're trying to make rent next month or pay the food yeah. bill, whatever. Mm-hmm. They're desperate. So Sean, What would you suggest to people that do need fast cash or do need this kind of a loan? What should they do? Should they? I would go to a brick and mortar place. There are loan places in town where you go in and you can do it in person rather than something online. You can do one of the credit card checks. You're paying a hefty, hefty fee on those, which ends up costing you a whole lot more. But that's what I would suggest, not doing the online because, yeah, the fraudsters are so good at making their websites look official. Everything looks official. Fake reviews. I mean, it's just terrible. Yeah. We're going to have somebody come on next week and talk about fake websites and how you can choose one that's not fake. What are you supposed to look for to find one that's not fake? Because there's fake ones out there. The first three or four are probably scam websites. We have to be educated in terms of if we are going to use the internet, if we are going to use Google to get information, we have to learn how to pick out the legitimate ones from the phony ones. And it's not always that easy. The last one I have, which is new, haven't had this one before, middle class tax refund debit card. Oh my so gosh. Californians, it was based off your 2020 income tax return. And if you qualified, 
the state generated a mailer to you with a debit card. It didn't say the dollar amount. It said a range of what it could be. You have to call and activate. I received one. My mother received one. You have to call and activate the last six digits of your social security number, create a pin, and then it'll tell you your dollar amount. And then you can go to an ATM and withdraw the cash. Okay, so this is being generated between October and January where Californians receive this. My 87-year-old mother got a call last week, and the person who called her said they were from Medicare and that they were inquiring if she had received her middle-class tax refund debit card. And if so, what was the debit card number because they needed to validate all this information? And my mom hung up on the phone and called me, and I said, okay, well, let's think about this. The debit card is coming from the state of California. Medicare would not be linked to that. They have nothing to do with this card, with this refund card. So no, it is not valid. It is a scam. But I can only imagine how many other fraudsters are trying something just like that. And especially if they're calling in, my mom still has a landline. She's had it for over 45 years. So, I mean, it could be a completely random call, but they're just going through phone numbers that that's what I'm guessing, because that makes the most sense to me that they just go to numbers that have been there and it's because cold calling and seeing if they can get a bite from anyone. Well, you know, they always say that scammers follow the headlines and they're often way ahead of us in terms Mm -hmm. of figuring out how they're going to get their hands on whatever money the government is doling out. And so this is just ripe for scammers to come in Mm -hmm. and do what they can do to get their hands on some of this money. But I'm thinking to myself, we've talked to people so much about never give your security (laughs) online, never give this personal information. And now you get a card in the mail that looks like it has come from the state of California. And we know that fraudsters will use fake government logos and headings to try and fool you. And you're supposed to call this number and you're supposed to give these people your social security number. I know. All of this other personal information. And so right away, the red lights start to flash and you're thinking, scam, scam, scam. And so I'm wondering how many people go, well, I don't think this card is fake. I'm not even going to activate it and use it. It's a possibility. Well, absolutely. And my mom received hers at like the end of October. And I said, don't do anything with this yet until I have an opportunity to do research on it. And I wanted to look at all the mailers and do all that stuff. And then I received one. Mine came three weeks ago. So then I thought, okay, well, then maybe this is. And then I compared my mailer with hers and went out to the website, went through everything before. But absolutely, because I thought, Mom, I don't know if it's valid. Right. I had not heard about it on the news, so I really didn't know. Well, I got one too. And I'm still sitting there looking at it and questioning it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, send them to me. (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) I'm really glad we had this discussion because... I wonder how many are stuck in drawers that people are too afraid to use. Yeah. Exactly. We've scared people into not, you know, (laughs) legitimate government benefits. Right. 
A lot of Medicare Advantage plans also send you cards that have $500 on it that can be used for certain things. I bet that the scammers will be doing the same thing with those. I'm sure they will. Yeah. If there's an opportunity to get their hands on any money, boy, they're going to get right in there and they're going to figure out a clever way of fooling people. Yeah. Unfortunately. Those were really valuable pieces of information, all three of them, because these imposter scams are just rampant right now. And it Mm -hmm. feels like they're not only just after your personal information, they also then go into the, oops, I paid you too much money, get me into your... So they're combining what used to be two separate kinds of scams. So let's just maximize the amount of money we can get from these people by doing a double scam on them. They probably yeah. have meetings where they brainstorm, I'm sure, you know, because you've described it as huge buildings where each floor is a different scam. I can't hardly even imagine it. Well, on that happy note. <laughs> some good news, I hope, yes. I do have some good news. First of all, thank you so much, Sean, for coming thank on. Thank you, again. Sean. Really sharing some sure. value important information. I know I learned something today, and I really thank you for that. So here is my good news. There was a big headline that came out, uh, revealed Interpol's new AML rapid response protocol deployed for first time against the Black Axe Cyber Crime Group. Arrests, cash, and luxury goods seized across 14 countries, 14 countries. Now, This is their anti-money laundering rapid response team. And for the first time, they deployed this team with the help of local law enforcement against the Black Axe gang. And I've talked about the Black Axe gang before. It's a South African gang that is responsible for most of this, what they call cyber-enabled financial fraud. So the kinds of things that you're talking about And one of the officers in charge of this organization talked about how sophisticated and widespread the Black Axe gang is and that they are like a corporation. They're divided into different segments. And one segment does the money laundering and one segment does the outreach to the victims and on and on and on. And so the purpose of this particular uh, rapid response organization or team effort was to stop people that were laundering their money. And one of the officers said, the way to tackle the fraud is to stop the money mules and cut off the gang's financial blood supply. So this particular operation was aimed at that. It was called Operation Jackal, and it resulted in $1.2 million intercepted in bank accounts 75 arrests, 49 property searches for possessions that these gang members had because of their you know, ill-gotten gains, seven Interpol purple notices detailing criminal modus operandi. So they also got inside the organization and were able to figure out how these gangs operated, what protocols and procedures they used to scam us. So I thought this was really good news because this is Interpol and this is international and these were 14 different countries that were involved. Oh my goodness. Our law enforcement, national, international, local, they're on it, but it just takes a huge effort to bring these people Mm -hmm. down. Anyway, I thought this was some good news. Yeah, that's very good news. I wanted to talk about just quickly today. 
because this is very timely. And this was a press release from our office about price gouging. And as we know, after a disaster, if there has been a state of emergency declared, Penal Code Section 396 goes into effect, which protects citizens against excessive, this is the language, excessive and unjustified increases in prices charged during or after a declared state of emergency. So it prohibits vendors and other people from raising prices by more than 10% in the 30 days following a declaration of a state of emergency. Well, we know a state of emergency has been declared in California. So this is now in effect. And in terms of construction repair, if your property was damaged as a result of our latest floods, this prohibits raising prices by construction crews by more than 10% for 180 days mm. following the declaration of the state of emergency. So if you have had a repair cost or any cost, it could be food cleanup, medical supplies, emergency supplies. If you have incurred any of those kinds of expenses because of the latest disaster to hit us here in Santa Barbara County, and you think you have been overcharged, call the district attorney's office. And we are going to be prosecuting these cases if we can find evidence of price gouging. So this is timely. This is something to know about. You can call our general number 805-568-2300. 805-568-2300. So Patty, I just wanted to get the word out. No, that's really important. And as you know, I've been in Fort Myers where there's such huge disaster after the hurricane. So I didn't know there was such a law or is it state by state? Well, this is California law. This is California, but they probably have a similar law, I would imagine here too. I and you imagine. do see prices go up on things that are unbelievable. So that is very good to know. Boy, these people just take advantage wherever they can. They sure do. Well, thank you, Vicki. And thank you, uh, Sean. We always appreciate you and everyone at Montecito Bank and Trust for your wisdom and for helping us to get the word out about the latest scams. Thank you for having me. Okay. Bye-bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.